host, Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. All right, Lisa, you're over there in Canada looking all fresh and yellow. <laughs> okay. Straight out of the gym. I love it when you call and you're like, can you jump on a podcast episode with me like now? Sure, Lisa. You are one of the, the few people who I will drop things for and just show up. Let's hit record and let's see where this takes us. Sure, why not? It's Christmas Eve for you. I'm not done my Christmas shopping. And uh, yeah, we're going to just... And let's just have a podcast chat. Hello, listeners. This is Lisa and Lisa. Um, And we're in a a weird vortex because here it's Christmas Eve, but for you, it's the day before Christmas Eve. So you're sort of in the future with me right now, looking at what Christmas Eve might look like. Um, It's pretty good here. Let me just tell you um, in the future. Uh, but this morning, because I, I knew I had to record this this podcast about my about sort of this year and how I look forward to next year and how I can kind of prepare for that or whatever. And I wake up this morning to all of these boxes from you um, about exactly what I should do. Uh, in order to reflect on this year, what I even might like to do for New Year's Eve, might I? <laughs> Here's what you should do for New Year's Eve. <laughs> and it's kind of been that way all year where, well, for the last few years where I'll just get these random boxes from you and you're saying the exact thing that I needed to hear at the exact moment. And so I was like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this podcast about my year by myself. I'm going to talk to Lisa about it. So it was about (laughs) 6.15 a.m. and on Christmas Eve, and here we are two hours later recording a podcast interview. I've had had my coffee, my children have been fed and they're dressed, and uh, yeah, for anyone in Australia who knows Chadston, I'm going to have to go there soon to finish off some shopping and I'm not happy about it. So this is the joy. This is a joyful moment in my Christmas Eve. So thanks, Lisa. Um, It's, you know, you got to lay out the stuff. You got to do the inventory and then you see the the gaps. Yeah. I just was like, oh man, the middle child, she's missing out a little bit. So I got to do what I got to do. We do what we do for our children. I mean, that's a theme this year for sure. But anyway, I mean, when when you think about 2019, what are the big themes that come up for you? Oh, this is a great topic because I think I boxered you when I was in San Diego for my mastermind wrap up and I spent two days mm. sobbing mm-hmm. over the enormity of 2019 and really just reflecting on the decade Mm. and what had transpired. Um, So yeah, 2019 was a, was a, it was just such a transformational year. It was like when everything kind of 
dropped into place, or maybe I just pulled my head out of my butt or I got serious or whatever. But 2019 was, it was a pretty, I call it for both of us. I call it the shakedown. It was like, it was like everything that or not everything, because there's still so much that needs to drop away for me. I mean, as you said, also in your boxer this morning, the work is never done, Lisa. Like we are Mm. never done. And, um, but I feel like literally, you know, those fruit trees (laughs) and they just kind of rattle them and all of the like stuff just falls away. And then you kind of left bare. I feel like this was the year I actually started to get to know myself like I could not hide anymore. Like I, and there's a song. So with this podcast, I've been, I've been choosing a song to go with each of the individual episodes. And if I was recording this by myself, I was going to, you're not going to know this guy called Daryl Braithwaite. I mean, it's a very Aussie name, Daryl Braithwaite. And, um, he has a song called As the Days Go By and it's about, you know, as the days go by, I get a little closer to you. That's kind of the the mm. chorus. And I was listening to that song and I actually feel like that's what's happened to me this year. Every single day with every single event, every single shakedown, every single, oh my God, just literally in every moment, I started, I got closer to myself. I couldn't, do my way through. I couldn't ignore my way through. I couldn't compartmentalize. It was all me. It was all massive. And, and I got to know myself on a brand new level. Yeah. This was the year the universe really sat you down hard. And asked you to slow down. You know, like it it literally, it, it, it really forced you to slow down and really be in this work because that's, that's where you needed to be to navigate all the things that, that came at you this year. It's been a lot. I mean, I think about what was going on this time last year and how I was so confused. I was so confused about... Um, Nick's health, his choices. I was confused about, you know, the fact that he was away for all of December, um, getting some treatment. And I was like, why, why do I, why am I on my own with my children at this time of year? You know, why am I doing December by myself? All of the finishing up at school and all of preparing for Christmas. I took them away on a holiday up to Brisbane, all of that stuff. And, and, and then I remember driving to up to collect him on New Year's Day up to the Sunshine Coast from Brisbane. And I looked around the car and I thought to myself, I like, I, I can, I will never forget the, that I consciously thought if I had to do this by myself, I would be okay. And I'm so glad I had that moment, Lisa. Because it all makes sense now. I was actually being almost groomed for it. I was, it was hard and it was big and it was intense for years. And it's all led me to the point where, because I was choosing to do the work and choosing to, I don't know, I don't know. I 
can't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to really make total sense of it, but I feel like all of the little things that happened that were big things at the time actually prepared me for the biggest things. Does that make sense at all? Yes. And the irony of it is you had been parenting alone for most of your years as a parent. You just didn't see it that way, right? I still struggle to see it that way. I mean, I I can see it more clearly now that I was was handling it a lot. Um, But my story was different to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I think I realized was I was probably lonely for quite a long time. So the the aloneness didn't actually felt refreshing in some ways, like to actually be physically alone with it. It was actually, I, I actually have quite good, good time with myself. That's the key, right? When you realize that another person can't really make you happy, they can be an extension of yes. what makes you happy, uh, but it has to start from the inside. And the truth is, you know, for all the years that you and Nick were going through life together and raising your kids, you didn't know anything different no. than what you were living. Mm. So you'd never, you haven't had any different experience. So although he was there and he was with you and, you know, he wasn't always really present. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He tried. He did. Um, yeah, but he he wasn't. And And, you know, because of what I teach in Ready for Change and of what we know, I feel like um, I get to choose what I make that mean for me. Absolutely. And I feel like a, a bit of my strength has come this year and um, from consciously choosing the story of, of what went down. I would say that in 2019, I put into practice the things that I've been learning. Like, it all came home to roost. Even yes. just like the like getting shingles in 2017 after moving to Melbourne and and all of that. You know, I remember think, and I remember because it was James Wedmore who was like, "You're not taking responsibility for yourself," and I was like, yeah, "You don't understand." And then I re- yeah. re- I realized this year that you know, no one else. Even if you're in a marriage, not in a marriage, in a partnership, whatever it is, no one else can take care of you like you can take care of you. It had to come from me. And so I thought this is the year that, you know, starting off, you know, with the with solo parenting and then separation and then obviously um, Nick's passing, it's like... no one else was responsible for making that okay for me. And I was responsible for putting myself in a situation where I couldn't cope if I didn't do things to help myself. Right. Yeah. 2019 for you, and I know for me as well, was really about embodying what it means to take 100% responsibility. Yeah for everything in your life. And, you know, for years, it was kind of like the difference between knowing and then knowing. And, Mm. you know, the, the irony is the things that I was struggling with in my business 
were things that I navigate easily in my personal life, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, so it's really interesting when you start, you know, I have total faith in my relationship and all those things and not attached, but in my business, I was always gripping and trying and struggling. And yeah, so this 2019 was really about what it means to fully embody being 100% responsible for everything and being that person to to create the life that you really want for yourself. Right. Can you talk about this detachment where you are right now? So, because I know you mentioned that this morning as well. And you know, the, the quote, attachment is the cause of all suffering. Um, who said that? Buddha, Dalai Lama? Someone like that. Something like that. Someone smart. Someone smart like that. (laughs) I know know every time that Jim says it, I'm like, oh. So attachment for me, this is the thing. Our learning is never done. So it's great to do this work, but it's when things kind of hit the fan in your life where you realize that there's a difference between doing the work and embodying the work. Mm right? Because it's easy to be feeling great when everything's going great. Mm, Yeah. But the depth that the work has landed is when Mm. things don't go great. How quickly do you spin out of control? How quickly do you give away your power? Um, So detachment for me, oh, this is one of my biggest lessons because I care. I care deeply and it's that fine line of caring deeply, but then not being attached. So if we look at my relationship, you know, when Macy came home from rehab, the reason that our relationship has been able to survive and thrive is because I learned really quickly that I had to focus on me, not be attached to whether or not he stayed clean and sober. And I know that regardless of what happens to him, I'll always be okay. So, you know, he he does his thing and and I do mine and it I've always stayed in our relationship in this place place of faith like of course it's going to be okay because even if it's not okay it'll be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> then you look at my business and I wasn't running it from a place of faith um I was attached. I was attached to the things I wanted to create. I was attached to how I wanted things to be. You know, so if I look back in time, you know, when I brought my business online, I was running my eat program. And at that time I was like, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. This is the thing that's going to grow my business and da da da. And I had to let go of all of that. Like I I literally had to let go of every single thing I thought was the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say, okay, 2019. I got nothing. What am I like? Let's just see what happens if I just do this and let go of what that looks like. So I set some goals for myself last year that I, you know, I kind of put up there and went, okay, well, how can I reverse engineer that? And then I stayed committed to who I needed to be. And I kept my blinders on. And, you know, I was never really attached to that revenue goal it helped to steer the ship. It definitely helped to steer the ship, but it's what has transpired over the course of this year, just by not being attached to it, just by staying the the course and saying like, this is what I committed to. Like, don't veer off Lisa. Oh, there's a shiny thing over there. Don't know. Come back here. Mm. So, you know, learning to detach, learning to just trust the process 
you know, things we talk about all the time. Uh, but when you actually have to live it, <laughs> what I was doing wasn't working, right? Yeah. What you were doing wasn't working. Uh, Lisa, to see the way that you have let go with trust and you have, you've had to go to some pretty hairy places with yourself. Like the letting go is the, is the hardest thing because you don't know. We don't know if stuff is going to be, we don't know the outcome. And when we're attached, when we're like, this is the thing, then it gives you actually something to focus on. It gives you something to complain about. It gives you something to feel frustrated about, like all those beautiful familiar feelings that you brought to your your business and, you know, brings out the, the underlying patterns of lack or not good enough or never works for me or whatever. I mean, who are you without those, like those forms of identity or like releasing attachment to that means you actually have to trust that this is going to be better than you could ever have imagined. That is harder than staying in the frustration the trying shit that doesn't work, the repeating that pattern. Yeah. I was super attached to my struggle and my suffering mm. and super attached to my stories. Mm-hmm. I think we all get super attached to our stories. We oh, don't yeah. even recognize their stories, but it, you know, a coach said to me once that your comfort zone isn't really comfortable. It's just familiar. Mm. And humans, we love, we love familiarity. Like we love it. Well, our brains want that. Like we want it. Yeah. Don't make it hard. Don't make it uncomfortable or prickly, but you know, we don't grow if we're not uncomfortable and we have to keep being uncomfortable until that discomfort now becomes our new normal. Mm. So, you know, I'm always talking to my clients about just being willing to be in the discomfort. And, you know, for you this year, you were forced to be in the discomfort. So uncomfortable, Lisa. And keep navigating it and keep navigating it. And, but what's possible on the other side of that is so unbelievable. And I think that that's really where this year has brought both of us to is, okay, we, both of us have written out different stories Mm. this year. You know, we've got to walk shoulder to shoulder and kind of witness each other's growth. And now going into 2020, it really is. We're both in this place of what's possible. Yeah. Like what's possible from here, because it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what happened last year anymore. Like it really is irrelevant. And I think that that was a big thing that I had to release as well was my attachment to the past Mm. because it really doesn't matter. We want to make it matter. We want to hold on to those stories, but the truth is, you know, that it's, it's gone. So what's possible from here. And when you work from that place of, you know, head up, eyes forward, I don't, I don't know what's coming around the corner, but I just closed out one heck of a decade. Like, Man, I'm like, whoa, did that just really happen? Like the, the, that for me, that decade was making like my son will turn 10 in next year. So that was my baby making years, six years I spent either pregnant or breastfeeding nonstop. Oh, (laughs) I loved those years. Um, Except the first trimester that always 
it's, it's a bit rough. Uh, and then living, and I lived in three different states in that time, three different cities. I, you know, I started off as a newlywed. I got married when I was 29 and and now I'm a widow. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> right? But like, but like, I laugh. But like, really? I mean, this was. Uh, uh, and you know, it's funny, like hearing you talk about attachment. So for me, and especially with the business, I, I mean, I just think about this here. I started off the year teaching people how to roast chickens. And then, which is not, which is life-changing, Lisa, if you actually. I, I started off a few years ago teaching people to eat roast chickens. Right. 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 Roast chicken. Let's just, hallelujah, roast chicken. And, um, and now I am, and you know, we both were in, um, Jim Fortin's mastermind and he said that, you know, it's the mastermind to take your business to a million dollars. And I was like, Okay all right, let's do that then. And so, you know, we just got the numbers in just this past week and the business has made over a million dollars this year. Now, um, I have a lot of people supporting me. I think people might hear that and be like, whoa, wow, she could buy a private jet or something. Uh, and literally like if people knew what it cost to run my it's business. It's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. You need to be earning that kind of money in order to be able to like, I mean, it's my it's our family's only income and I pay a lot of people and I mean, it's expense. Running an online business is not like cheap. Uh, but anyway, um, I feel like for me, what it was, was this is what's going to happen. So I set my intention on that. I was like, yep, this is the year that it'll go to a million dollars without like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been in business for five years, so that seemed reasonable based on what it earned last year. But then I had to let go of, I just, you know, I talk about, I love when Jim talks about intent. And so the way that I see it is like, you set your intention. Like I, I set it like this little raft that I put into the river of intent, which is the forces of the universe. And I just put it in that river. So put my intention, that little raft in the river of intent, and then it gets taken care of for me. So that is the way that I have started to release attachment. If I, if, if the intention is there and if I'm open to, uh, to, whatever is sort of going to happen here, like however it manifests itself, it's not actually kind of up to me. Like it's almost, it's got to come through me, but for that to be the, for that to be the case, I just need to be in the best, like all I need to do is be taking care of Lisa, honoring Lisa, listening to those intuitive nudges or you know, noticing when I feel out of alignment and all that kind of stuff. And, and then it is done. Like it was already done. And cause people are like, how did you keep things going? Or I'm like, well, it was just the year that it was going to hit a million dollars. It's not. And so, and I was open to whatever way it's going to do that and ready for change was born and live the change was born. And we've, 
you know, filled a mastermind for next year. It's just, it's extraordinary. I, I can't explain it. I don't, I almost don't even take credit for it. It's like, it's, it's being taken care of. Yeah. When you set your intentions, the, the universe rises up to meet you. I think where people mess this up, and this is just my own personal experience, is growing a business takes time. Mm. Oh yeah. And tenacity. And, and consistency. I think a lot of it, and consistency and mm. discipline. And it's Going. not super yep. fun. Like yep. it's not like don't get me wrong. I love my work. If I could just work with my clients all the time and not do any of the other stuff, oh mm. joy. But that like that's not the reality of running a business. I run a business, which means mm. I gotta sit my butt in the chair and I gotta do some of the things that I don't want to do and I have to, you know, do the ordinary extraordinarily well. Mm. Um so you have to give your business time to grow. And then eventually, like you just, I don't know if it's patience, but you just, you have to keep holding onto your vision, but not make it mean anything if you didn't, if it didn't come the way you wanted it to, right? Like I can yes. see now the vision that I've been holding for five years is unfolding, but the universe is like, it's going to unfold when it's time. There was a lot of personal work that I had to do. Mm -hmm. Like I was my biggest obstacle in the growth of my business. So even this year, the, you know, the revenue goal I set for myself and my fiscal year end isn't until the end of February, I'm getting very close to hitting it. But the funny thing is the closer I get to hitting it, the the less I'm even attached to it Mm. because it's what's unfolded and who I've become during the course of this year. Like what I was able to prove to myself, I didn't do it with forcing. It wasn't hard, Mm. but I had to sit down and be consistent and disciplined. And this is the same for anything, whether you're wanting to eat healthier, whether you're wanting to lose weight, whether you're wanting to, you know, bring that relationship into your life. If you date once every, you know, blue moon, chances are it's going to take longer. Mm. So I've got written on my board in front of me, you know, what am I committed to and who do I need to be to make it happen? And this year was just about allowing myself to grow into being an actual CEO of my business and knowing that anything was possible. It kind of feels like magic now, but I know it wasn't. It was just one day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time thing. So, but you you also had to make, you had to make some pretty bold choices. Um, A lot of the stuff out there in the online world is about programs and, and scale and helping lots of people. And you're like, actually, I don't like to work that way. I like to, that, that might work, but for right now, I'm actually going to do the one-on-one thing because that feels best to me. It did. It did. And, you know, I spent so many years pushing the boulder up the hill. Like you love to do launches and you love to run group programs and that that's your jam. And it's not taking anything away from you or anybody else. But I stepped back and said, you know what? I am most interested in honoring my values. So intimacy and connection. And I want to create revenue under my business that is going to sustain my growth. So I spent Mm. years spending money that I didn't have to try and grow my business. And it just running an online business, like you said, it costs, it costs money. It, mm-hmm. it's, I was in a codependent relationship with my business. This is what it was. My business got everything. It got all the money. Lisa never paid herself. 
And I went into this year and said, this is not happening. Like my objective is to take home a paycheck and pay myself for my work every month. And my business is going to get what it needs, but let's generate the revenue so that I I have more options in terms of scaling. Because for me and my previous relationship with credit and debt, I just navigate it in a different way. Hmm. And it's not right or wrong. Like some people are happy to... I'm not risk adverse. This is part of the problem. I invest money, no problem. But I had to learn how to step back and be more discerning about that, learn to keep my money. Like that was my growth edge, Mm. allowing myself to actually keep my money, have money in my Mm. bank account, have money in my savings account. So by focusing on one-to-one, I got to do the work that I loved. Um, I... You know, I opened up individual coaching calls that people pay. And if somebody wants to do an individual coaching call, they can. That felt really bold for me at the beginning of the year. But I was just like, you know what? This is what I'm stepping into. It didn't feel good. But I was like, this is what I'm stepping into. Because then I can get on a call with someone. I can serve them 100% without being attached. Right. I looked at the the areas I needed to improve on in my business and what I needed to just let go of so I could show up and serve. And I mean, I ended up launching my group program again, which went really well. But again, I wasn't attached to it. I'm like, hey, right. I think I'll put this thing out here and see what happens. You were so chill. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, people actually signed up. This is so cool. And they got amazing results, which was even more amazing, which then turned into, you know, an intensive group. And so this year was just about trying things without being attached. And you know what, Lisa? I think the other thing is I I remember people were wishing me luck before I launched this podcast and I I was writing back like, well, I'm so nervous. And they're like, nervous? Why are you nervous? Uh, And I was like, because I'm a human being. Uh, and none of this is particularly easy. Like it's not. And and whenever we create something new, we're like crossing our fingers maybe and just hoping for the best. So when you were, people might be shocked to hear that you would, you had a trepidation, a bit of nervousness or, or funny feelings about just offering people the chance to work with you for, to have a transformation in an hour. They'd be like, what? what? Why? She's Lisa Carpenter. Uh, what, what the heck? And I think people don't see the, the background. And that's why I wanted to, to launch this podcast because I don't want, uh, I just feel like uh, when you see people online or you listen to their podcasts and there's a there's a screen or uh, a microphone between you and them, there's somehow different people, but just fallible humans figuring this shit out on the fly, dealing with a lot of life stuff too. And we're all the same. Everyone has their version of this. I, I actually don't know many people who haven't experienced 2019 as a massively transformative year. Like all the lessons were were coming at you. I I, I don't really know many people who wouldn't say it was big for them. Yeah, that's what I... We're all navigating this. We all are. (laughs) You know, I think that you and I are such great examples of this because 
if you're listening and you are one of those people who puts other people on pedestals thinking, well, they're, they're so amazing. Well, they're so courageous. And they're doing this and that. I mean, I don't know about you. I think I'm pretty sure about this, but both of us are like, wow, we, I really have no idea what I'm saying here. <laughs> you know, I like before I hopped on this podcast with you and in the boxers, right? I said, give me the, give me the real life behind the Insta story, which we're not going to share, <laughs> but we are just real humans. And my podcast, I mean, I recorded it in the car on my drive home because I'm like, I need to say something. And then half the time when I hit like publish, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I should sit down and really get more intentional about what I want to say, or I should map this out or, you know, I can get into all those stories. But at the end of the day, I have learned that I have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other because if I stop, if I start overthinking things, if I get into perfectionism, everything goes out the window. So if if you're listening and you think, well, I don't have anything to say or I couldn't be as coherent as you, please know that when I'm recording, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I just have to tell myself, you know what? It's one episode. And if it's horrible, nobody will remember it 20 episodes from now. And it always ends up that those are the episodes that people will reach out and say, I had to oh, listen to it twice. I'm like, time, I think I had to listen to it twice too because it didn't make any sense. <laughs> so please share with me what, what you actually profound. got out of that. Yeah. So don't put us on pedestals. We're just, we're doing our, we're doing our things. We're just normal humans. We are. But I think though in 2019, uh, I had to start to acknowledge that I could help people on a, on a much different level. And, you know, apart from helping with lunch boxes and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I think I, I was for a long time, but I don't think I'd recognized what the peeps listening to this podcast episode right now actually want from me, which is like, how are you doing this? How, what, how do you think what's, what's going on? And, and that's also another reason why I wanted to strip back a bit with this podcast and be a lot more honest is because I just don't feel like any of us are served by the pedestal putting on. Um, and I don't think any of us are served, uh, by people who say that they've got all the answers and, I guess what I do know is that for whatever reason, I'm on the path that I'm on and I've had the experiences that I've had and I have the gifts that I was given in this lifetime and it's just my job to use them and show up for the highest version of me in the highest form of service and right now this is what that looks like because I actually really want to help people, but I think I was so full of self-deprecation for a long time. Like, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they want. You know, I just, if I just keep on, like, it's a brand, it's a small steps brand and blah, blah, blah. When in fact, I think people just want connection. I just think, I don't know. Yeah. You bring, you bring up a really great point because I think for both of us this year, we stepped into our leadership in a different way. And leadership (sighs) isn't about I'm better than you. Leadership is about 
getting shoulder to shoulder with our people mm-hmm. and sharing who we are on a deeper level. And so many of us, I know I got stuck behind this. What I hear you saying is you were stuck behind this as well. We make the things that were the things, the important thing, right? Like the course or the how to roast a chicken or how to put your macros together, whatever. We make that important, but that's not actually what people want from us or what they need from us. When I had to step into somebody hiring me because they just wanted me to coach them and it had nothing to do with food. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. I was like, but like, don't you need a widget or a PDF or a thing Mm -hmm. or a stuff? It really forced me to look at where I was holding my self-worth and my value because it's hard it's hard when somebody holds a mirror up to you and says you're valuable just because you're you when you know both of us and our, you know the circumstances of our lives show us this this isn't this is the truth of the matter is we were both living in this place of low self-worth mm. self-esteem uh it wasn't in all areas of our lives but in some areas of our lives and this year we both really shed that and really just stepped into saying you know what we get to be enough as we are and <laughs> it can look however we want it to look but it's putting down that stick of judgment and just saying like good enough is good enough and this is who i am today and i'm just going to show up and see how that lands with people I can remember a few years ago when I first joined James Wedmore's Inner Circle Mastermind and it was maybe the second retreat or something and he said, "Um, you're so amazing and you can't see it and that's a problem. And I was like, don't tell me I'm amazing. I'm not amazing. I don't know anything. Like just all of the, I mean, just that. And now I know exactly where that story came from. And I've been able to recognize that story and reprogram that story because it was holding me back in a big way. I was so deeply uncomfortable that he said that to me and that that he said I was amazing. Not that it was a problem that I couldn't see it. I was, I was uncomfortable that he said I was amazing. (laughs) And, but I really sat with it and was like, well, how, and this is, this is where my passion comes from for teaching what I teach in Ready for Change and, and waking women up to, we actually all are. It's not a Lisa Cordaff or a Lisa Carpenter thing. We don't get to have this moment that we're amazing or we're stepping into our self-worth. It is inbuilt. We actually program it out of us. We just need to shed that programming to come back home. You know, as that Daryl Braithwaite song says, like get a little closer to us because what is this lifetime if we're just walking around thinking we're a piece of shit and we're broken and we've got so much to change and we could never do the things that we want to do. We could never have the relationships that we want. We could never ask for that promotion. We could never say no to those friends who treat us like a piece of shit. Like, I don't know. I don't want that for myself. And I don't want that for, for, for this generation of women. I mean, we're dealing with enough. (laughs) Can we just come home to ourselves in that way? You know, it's not, and I, and I think that's that's the leadership part as well is we've been forced into this work through 
well, we've chosen the work, but, and, and things could have gone a very different way for me. I mean, very different and for you. And we have chosen this path and all I see myself is an example of someone who's on the path. And it might just be a step or two ahead of the people who are discovering the path of, of, of growth. So it's not about, it's not about better than it's just about, you know, where, where you are in, in your particular journey. And if I'm a little bit further down the path, uh, than some other people I'll share and I'll, I want to bring everyone along on this freaking ride because like this, we got this lifetime to evolve ourselves and grow and love deeply. And, you know, that really starts with loving ourselves. Right. It's, uh, you know, how much longer are you willing to tolerate being hard on yourself? It's funny that James gave you that, that message, because I still remember the day James said to me, you're so hard on yourself. And I was like, mm. sat me back in my seat. Didn't feel good. Uh, but, you know, being hard on yourself is a symptom of not feeling good enough, right? If I just beat myself mm-hmm. up more, if I try harder and the self-worth fairy is not going to show up at your doorstep, say today's the day you get to be good enough. And I understand that it feels uncomfortable to start working on that because I think as women, we've been told, don't be too loud. Don't be too much. Don't be too pretty. Don't be too skinny. Don't be too fat. Don't be too, don't be too tall. Don't speak up. Don't be too loud. Don't be too sexy. Like, don't be too, like, that's kind of the message. So embracing all the parts of ourselves and understanding, I think so many women are afraid to embrace their self-worth because they're afraid they're going to turn into like an egomaniac. Yes. You're I was. Kindest, no one likes a show off. You no know? one likes a show off. You're one of the kindest people I know. I'm one of the kindest people I know. And we both now have much higher levels of self-worth. It's not about yeah. walking around with our hands on our hips saying, I'm better than you. No. It has nothing to do with that. Self-worth isn't something you go and knock on your neighbor's door and say, <laughs> guess what? I'm awesome. It's, <laughs> it's how you show up for yourself. It's you guys looking at yourself how in the awesome mirror. I am these days. Right. <laughs> I'm super awesome. But it's, you know, when was the last time that you... You know, when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, I had a conversation with somebody last week about this. When was the last time you brushed your teeth and looked yourself in the eyes and said, Hey, good morning, gorgeous. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I did this we morning because have- I got a spray tan yesterday. So I was nice. loving myself sick. I'm like, right. I'm going to wear a white bra and I look so hot. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but this is how we show up for our kids, right. right? We'll get down at eye level with them and, you know, give them feedback that's going to fill their self-worth bucket, but we're not taking responsibility for that. So I think both of us really stepped into that this year and let go of the stories that were the old niggling things that told us we couldn't do that yet. Like, let's both take up space. Yeah. But I think even in, in my personal life, um, navigating a separation and uh and being and 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 i mean talk about embodying i because it was an easy to see someone that you love not okay and and choosing a different path for myself um 
and a lot like believing that what was going to be right for me was the right thing, even amongst it all. And then even that, you know, obviously with his, with his death, um, you know, it was, it's like on the deepest level, I still had to keep believing that, um, that it was all okay and that I'm okay and I didn't make bad decisions and, you know, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and, you know, allowing all of that to not knock that sense that I had started to develop, which was um, it's okay for you to choose you and what feels best for you. I mean, it could have been rocked, right? And I mean, there's been times that I've, that we've spoken and you just always reminding me, you know, that people's paths are their own and we can just, we've just got to keep coming back to ourselves. But it could have all been knocked out of the water and second guessed and, you know, proved wrong, like proved wrong that it was a wrong thing to do because it ended up in the way that it ended up, you know? Yep. You've learned to not be attached to the way things were. More than that, you don't go into a place of hoping or wishing that they could have been different. Yep. And that, you know, humans love to do that. I see a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of people are doing that around um, Nick's death for sure. And right. I have a full acceptance. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I could look back over my own life and say, wow, I wish that had been different. Wow, I wish that had been different. But every time I do that, I keep myself trapped in the past. And if the past could have been different, it would have. Right. So I have to live from the place that everything is exactly as it should be. And I can't make mistakes. So I've gotten much better at making choices and decisions moving forward. I think that's part of the learning process. I think our past can you know, our mistakes help us learn and move forward. Mm. But, you know, imagine if you burnt your hand on the stove and then you refuse to use the stove for the rest of your life. Mm. How about you just don't put your hand on the hot burner? So we can learn from those lessons, but that doesn't mean we have to let it stop us from moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it is that movement. I mean, I definitely feel there was momentum in lots of different ways for you and I in 2019, but that had such different forms. Like it took different, it didn't look the way, <laughs> I mean, 2019, I, I could not have predicted any of what went down. No. And no. no. And yet I, I just know that it's all okay. I, and I really do have this profound sense, and I don't know whether it's been working with, um, you know, Don Javier, the shaman that we both do work with and having this sense of, I mean, I don't even know what, I mean, shamanism? What the hell? Like, how has that even come into my life? Who even am I that we're doing Aishul's full moon circles and releasing stuff in the moon and, you know, I'm wearing crystals like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, uh, ma- we, we were having baths with petals and <laughs> herbs and stuff. I mean, like crazy, crazy here's, stuff. But I, here's I just the way I look sense. at it. It's, it's, life is a lot more fun when you let some magic back in, right? There's something to be said for bringing that childlike wonder and just allowing it to be there. I don't understand it. I don't need to. All I know is that my life personally and professionally is so much better than it's ever been. Mm. So mm. I'm just going to keep doing more of what I've been doing. Yeah. Let yep. magic and come in. I, I, I think so too. And I think, you know, my feeling is, because I, I remember at the very start when Nick, Nick died, uh, it was like, the children, the children, the children. Like, what are the? What's going to happen to the children? They're going to grow up without their dad here for them. And you know what's happened is they've all been, in their all their unique little ways, been uh, still in relationship with him. He's just they just can't see him. They all have. They all talk to him. They all dream with him. He's he. Someone will say sometimes, "Dad's at the table." like sitting at the kitchen table or they've been able to play with him in the playground, uh, all these beautiful little things. And, and I keep thinking if he was meant to be here in physical form, he would be. He, they would be growing up with their dad. If that was their life path, that's what would be happening. It's not what's happening. And so, you know, once again, we make it mean certain things. Okay, so this means that life is going to be different to them. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be, I mean, it's a, it's, it's tragic in a sense, but we even, we give these events words, we give them meaning with those words. And I, I'm just sort of choosing not to necessarily buy into that for them. This is what's happened. It's going to be okay. They're okay. We're all okay at the end of 2019. Yeah. And, and, and I guess I get to, witness their resilience. It's a gift to me. Um, They get to know themselves in new ways. They get to know their dad in new ways. They get to see me in a new context. I mean, there's gifts amongst the pain and, and the grief. There's so many. The the bottom line is they're having the journey that they're meant to have. And parents, we struggle with wanting to bubble wrap our kids and try and manipulate their journey or we'll go down that path of wishing things were different for our kids. But we have to trust that they're having the journey they're meant to Mm. have as well. Uh, You know, I'm not saying one way or the other, but... When there are struggles around mental health, all of those kind of things, that's not an easy life when someone is alive. That's not an easy path to navigate. So I'm definitely not saying, you know, it's better that Nick passed. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying there's lots of different perspectives and ways that you can look at this for anything, for anybody who's listening, who's had things happen in their life. Like if you can just sink yourself into, I don't understand this. I don't necessarily like it, but I'm going to trust that this is all going to work out perfectly. You know, over 12 years ago now, I left my marriage, my perfectly good, healthy marriage that, you know, my unhealthy itch needed scratching, meaning, you know, I'd, I'd gotten into a 
normal quote unquote relationship. There was no drama, right? And I was like, oh, what do we do without the drama? There was, there was no drama. So, so let's create some. I'm going right. to leave. I'm going to leave and create drama. But, you know, I'm really grateful for that relationship because he's an amazing man. I had two amazing boys. And then I decided I wanted to create a life for myself that that didn't include just kind of, you know, chilling out on the couch. I knew, I knew there was more for me. That was a really hard decision for me to leave. Like when I look, I look at Jake now who's eight and I think, oh my God, like, you know, Cole is 19 now. So he was, he was eight. He was young. (laughs) (laughs) He was littler than he is now. Yes. And Logan was little. And I think, wow, how did I do that? How did I explain to my kids that I was breaking up with their father? And for a long time, I carried a lot of guilt about that. But I also knew that if I was doing what was best for me and my life, it was going to be what was best for them. And I wanted to empower them as they got older to have the courage to do things in their life that maybe don't sit well with other people. Mm. You know, like It's not easy doing the hard things when you... (sighs) put yourself first. And I will never forget the day that my oldest came home to me and he'd had a, one of his buddies' parents had split up and he came home and he was saying, you know, mom, I just don't understand. And anyway, so we got into this conversation and I ultimately said, you know, this is why I left your dad when I did because children are so resilient And I knew you guys would be okay, but it was hard. But I didn't want you to go through life thinking that everything was hunky-dory with your parents only for me to leave your dad when Mm. you turned 20. And he looked at me and he just said, you know, mom, I really love how everything worked out. It all worked out for the best, right? Now he's got a little brother, his life, you know, he's got two different families and he loves his life. But if I had stayed in that mm-hmm. relationship because I was caretaking my kids and I didn't want them to have a split family, like the stories, what what I would be making that mean, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing for you now with your kids around, you know, Nick's loss. It's you get to write with your mm-hmm. children what is available for them and what opportunities are here. And, you know, how cool that they're like, dad's at the table. Like how cool that they're having a relationship with him in a way that they may not have been able to have a relationship with him if he'd still been on the planet. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I just think it's all going to, to play out in however it plays out. And I think, you know, we know when we become parents that we have no control really. (laughs) And, um, and this was like, I mean, if I hadn't learned that lesson before, this was it because I had tried to hold on and I had tried to manipulate a situation and be responsible for a whole nother human being, a whole marriage, a whole family. And, uh, and that's not sustainable. And, uh, and I know that I showed them and, and what's happening now for them is, uh, I don't know. We'll have to do another podcast episode on all of that, on all of, you know, what went down, I guess, when the time is right. Uh, But for now, my housekeeper is about to arrive any minute. I was like, let's just pump out a quick half hour episode. I mean, what have we even spoken about? I don't know. What 
I mean, this was about, okay, can we just quickly share what is your word for, for 2020? A new decade, Lisa. I know. So 2020, my word is possibility. And that's a big deal for me because I had a very hard time living from possibility before. Mm. And now I'm like, wow, really anything is possible, which leaves room for magic and all that kind of stuff. Yep. What is your word? I love possibility. I, I mean, you say you find it hard. I, I basically, my happiest place is when I'm just like, what's possible? What do I want to put out there? Like I, that is like my happy place, but it's also, it was a form of kind of self-deception for me sometimes was not being able to see what's happening right here, right now. So I love that I can dream and I can imagine but uh, I've also, 2019 for me has about has been about um, moving out of that space of everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be just fine, like, um, everything's possible. Um, you know what it is? Everything, any, every, anything is possible for me, but I can't, but that doesn't mean that other people are going to be with me in that space. And I, like if, if your idea of, if anything's possible involves another human, you got to release that. And like, do you know, like that was, that was a big lesson for me. I, I do believe anything's possible, but I, anyway. Um, so my word for 2019 of 2020, <laughs> oh yeah, 2019 just happened. Um, so 2020, my word is bloom. Love it. And cause I, I thought it was going to be expansion just wanted to continue the expansion. Uh, but bloom to me feels bright and sp- like the springtime of my life. I think the forties are going to be that for me, that all of this has been for something. I've spent a lot of time in the dirt, Lisa, a lot of time, seeds being planted everywhere. Um, me not even knowing myself, <laughs> uh, living life for other people as well. And now it's like, and I see this for my children. Like I want it in my household to like this blooming of it all. And it's a beautiful word to bring into my business. I mean, Mel's having another baby this year. So she's literally, um, you know, what is that going to mean for her? She's my partner in crime. Like we are, she's an, she's just, she's extraordinary. What is possible for us if we sit in the space that 2020 is the year that we bloom? It means I can help more people. It means it is bright and light and fresh and smells good. <laughs> what I love about that is bloom is really, it means you're rooted. It means mm. you're grounded, mm. right? Like your roots are firmly planted in what you're doing in the new year. So it's intentional. Yeah. And now all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing. Well, you know what I've realized is I can't, I, I'm never not going to be the person who's been through what I've been through. And yes, it, you know, our past doesn't have to mean anything, but yes, there are foundations that I'm working from here. You know, my life just used to be skimming along the surface. I didn't really want to go there. I didn't really want to see the stuff. I didn't really want to see myself. I was quite happy and content in my stories and feeling like I had no choice about anything and taking no personal responsibility because 
it was in some ways it was easier, but it was also harder. Uh, whereas now it's like, no, I, I am happy to go there. I am happy to shine light where there has been darkness or whether I haven't oh, there. Can you hear that? That's my, that's the doorbell going. So I'm going to have to go now. Um, but, uh, I feel like all of that stuff has firmly planted me in myself and now I get to work from this place and it's time to bloom. So, um, thanks for the new, the new version of you going into 2020 and the new version of me going into 2020, right? So everybody who's listening, really look at what you no longer want to bring into the new year, the new decade, what you are consciously and intentionally leaving behind, Mm -hmm. but honor those pieces of you. Don't just like poo-poo on them. They were there for a reason. Honor them. What do you intentionally want to bring with you? What are you intentionally leaving behind? And who do you want to become this year? What energy, what word, what intention do you want to set for the new year? And just really commit to that and work from that place. See where it takes you. I love Fun. you. I love you've just closed off this episode for me. <laughs> like, thank well, you. I'm like, well, I'm not really sure thank what you. we really talked about. This what is, we this is like everybody just eavesdropping on what our normal right. conversations are like, which are right. all over the place. All over the place. I said to Lisa, I say this frequently. Have I, have I said this to you before? <laughs> Something's gone wrong with my memory. And you're like, Lisa, I think we're just at the age where we start to forget stuff. Yeah. I don't feel really comfortable with that. I actually was thinking this morning, I'm going to go on a brain diet in like, what do I need to be doing for my brain? My brain matters. And I think I'm not. Take your omega-3s every day. Your brain needs fat. Okay. I'm omega-3-ing it up. Omega-3 it. And let's, okay. uh, yeah, 2020 is going to be a great year. Let's so I hope your listeners Lisa. enjoyed like hanging out with us. Your yeah. cleaners are here waiting desperately to clean. Um, you need to go shop. I need to. I have a, a daughter who's saying to me, mom, it's been one minute. It's been one minute because I've told her one minute about three times. She's right in front of me right now. What patient children I have had to let I mean, us do this for. Um, Lisa, thank you. Thanks for everything that you have been to me and um, and also the Ready for Change and Live the Change community. I mean, you've been, you're a phenomenal coach. And anytime I share anything, anytime you come into those groups, do your coaching calls, people just love that so much. I mean, you're so good at what you do. I'm honored to call you a friend and I'm grateful for you. I'll be raising a glass to you this New Year's Eve. Um, As I will be to you on the your opposite side of the earth. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go a day ahead. You can, you can come afterwards. Fair. All right. Uh, have a great day. Have a happy you Christmas. Too. Thanks Merry for Christmas. sharing this with me and just making it a fun conversation. So much love to you and your family and your listeners. And thank you for always just inviting me into your community. It's been, it's, it's just been such an honor and a pleasure to walk beside you this year, witness your growth. Um, I'm just, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Me too. Okay. Now it's going to turn into a love fest. So I'm going to hit pause on the recording. See you guys. See you in 2020. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. 
It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode.